Hi, I'm Fergal Lawler from the Cranberries. You're listening to Rock at Night. Hi, this is Anita Stewart with Rocket Night. I'm here chatting today with Fergal Lawler, the drummer from the Cranberries. Uh, we have a lot to talk about with an album being released tomorrow. Um, so tell us, why don't we get right into that? That's um, Stars. It's a retrospective of your earlier songs with the band. And tell us a little bit about how that happened, how that came to be. It's uh, Stars is the greatest hits um, kind of all, of all the singles we released. It was released on, uh, it was available on, online to download, but uh, it only became available on, and it was a CD uh, back back in the day, uh, around 2002, I'd say 2003, maybe it came out. Um, and there was two brand new songs recorded specifically for it because we felt... Um, we wanted to give fans value for money and put new songs on it rather than just have all the singles, you know, we wanted to have something special. And then last year for record store day, it became available on vinyl for the first time. Um, it was a special release for record store day and it, it was hugely popular. And then as a result, a record company contacted us and said, look, this people are going bananas for this. They want to have a vinyl copy of it. So maybe we should release it as a proper vinyl copy. Um, so we gave the go ahead to that. What is the record store day? Is that something special over it's, in yeah, Ireland? Do you not have it in the States? No, it, it, no? It's, I, I think because uh, vinyl has become so popular again in, in the past five to ten years, I suppose. Um, the they were trying to promote record stores again because a lot of people were shopping online for music and they wanted to kind of get them out in the street and go to a store and, you know, the joy of going to a record shop and spend hours, you know, trawling through records. I, I've spent many years doing it on tour, especially you'd go to like a secondhand record store. I, I, I'd like buy an extra suitcase and fill up stuff, <laughs> with, you know, rarities that I couldn't get anywhere else. You know, was, I spend hours doing it. It's a fantastic way to spend a day. And just, you always seem to have good music on in the store as well, stuff you've never heard. It's like, oh, what's this playing? You know, and knowledgeable people behind the counter and can steer in the right direction. What was really cool about some of those old record stores, because we had a lot of different chain record stores, but one of the biggest ones that was in the area here, um, mostly Southeast part of the United States was called Peaches. And we oh, yeah. used to go in yeah, there and spend <laughs> hours and hours and this was yeah. back in the almond brothers and southern rock but they they okay. carried everything and some of the early punk music they you know an alternative what you would call alternative yes but um but it was a lot of fun because if you really wanted to hear something and you took the album up to the front they would open it and play it for you so you wow. could 
Brilliant. literally here before you bought. Yeah, now yeah. everything is digital and you can hear everything before you buy it anyway. But yeah. back then it was all packaged. And, um, and of course, we had a lot of fun with the, the packaging itself. The, um, <laughs> the liner notes and, you know, the yeah. big covers and the art and everything that I kind of, I kind of miss that old. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, because it, it's, it is a piece of art, you know, especially a vinyl because it's so big. It's almost like a poster and, and you can read through where everything was recorded in the notes and who did what and who produced it or who played and what. You know, it, it was always, uh, you know, when we were younger, we one of us would buy an album and we'd all go to their house and, and listen to the album and, and right. read all the liner notes and everything, you know. It was a big ordeal. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I watched some of the old clips last night and one of the most impressive performances at least for me when I go back and watch some of the old videos is that concert in Paris that you all did I think oh, it was yeah. in 1999 and you yeah. were just you were a beast on the drums <laughs> do you normally play them that hard or was it just yeah yeah because yeah, it's like alive, the excitement and everything yeah, was incredible a live experience adrenaline is pumping and, and you want to give everything for the audience because you know, they've paid money to come and see a show and you want to really put on a good performance. So I think a lot of people, when they saw us live, were shocked at how powerful we were because maybe they weren't expecting it, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to have that energy level up. And a lot of the comments, like, I, I don't watch just a video. I, I'll go and I'll look at the comments on mm. YouTube. And um, a lot of people said, wow, this band is incredible because they're actually playing the show and it's almost better than the recording, you know? So they're, they were like <laughs> really, really into it. Even watching the video playback, you know, so many years later, they're still into it. So that's Brilliant. some staying power for, you know, that says a lot for the band, the Cranberries, because your music is still played. You're still relevant. And um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's really yeah. hard to believe this. And the now support is unbelievable. Yeah. And now we're into another, you know, war situation. I hate to bring the politics mm -hmm. up, but that song is just as relevant as it was back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. I'm talking about zombie in particular. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So um, let me ask you this. When MTV rolled around, one of the most famous Irish bands that kind of gave it a kickstart was um, U2, of course, yeah. because their video was in constant play on MTV. But um, another thing that keeps YouTube re relevant, I think, is just the amount of music that's put on that platform. And while all the other, it seems to me anyway, that all the other social um, sites have had issues with, um, you know, just just their staying power. And YouTube is a big one. YouTube mm. where music is constantly recorded. And you guys, your band was one of the first ones to reach a billion views for that video for Zombie. What was yeah. that like? It was mind blowing. You know, it's hard to fathom a billion views it's just the number is so huge 
Um, and as it was getting closer, you know, someone had pointed out to us a few months in advance saying this is, you know, this song is getting a lot of views and it's, it looks like it's going to go to a billion. And um, I remember I was doing an interview with uh, uh, an Irish radio, uh, Dave Fanning show. He was, he was always a great um, DJ for Irish alternative music uh, in, in our earlier days. And um, I was on the phone to him and he said, it's just after hitting a billion. And I, I think I, I nearly started crying. I was just so, so emotional, really, because whew, I'm kind of getting a bit of that way again. Because um, Loris had passed away, you know, a year or so beforehand and it's still very fresh. And to be honest, it still is, you know, it, it, it's not something I think I'll ever get over. It's just something you ha have to learn to live with. And uh, she'd have been so proud, you know, of that. It, it's just incredible that, that her song has reached so many people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, amazing. Now, did she write that exclusively or did other members yeah. of the band yeah. pitch in? I remember the day she came in. Uh, we had a, we were rehearsing in a tiny little garage out the back of a friend's house, a small little damp, cold garage. And it was um, probably early, late winter, early spring. And she came in and she had... Uh, read a news story about a bombing in, in the UK and she was really angry and she said look this song is really angry could you give me a distortion pedal or something like that you know and don't be afraid to hit the drums too hard and, you know I was always conscious of not hitting the drums hard in, in a space <laughs> like that because it was so small and you yeah. didn't want to deafen everybody um, but she said no go for it and turn up the guitars give me a distortion pedal I wanted to be really angry and she just started playing and then we kind of listened for a few minutes and then started adding in their own parts and then it evolved into what it was then. Yeah, it's an incredible song. And it's <clears throat> I always, as a singer myself, I always look at how ethereal her voice was, that she could really do anything with it. She yeah. could make it extremely powerful mm. or she could make it super, super soft. And I watched her with... Um, Pavarotti last night doing ah. Ave Maria and just I was blown away by that yeah it's goosebumps isn't that yeah and um with this album um coming out um what do you think of this technology that's going forward but then all of a sudden everybody has a record player now and everybody <laughs> wants vinyl what what's your thoughts on that because it's almost like it's almost like a retech. I don't know what yeah, other yeah, to I know. put on it. It's it, there's something about vinyl. First of all, it's the technology side of it that it's not as compressed as um, MP3s or whatever like that. So it's more open. It's wider sounding. But right. then there's also the fact of you have to get up off your seat, walk over, flip the record and put it back on and you hear the scratchiness of the needle and everything. That's part of the atmosphere, I think, of a vinyl record. You know, it's, it's a whole different thing. I mean, it's not portable. You can't put it in your car. So that's fine for MP3s. But if you have time to sit down at home and listen to something or your friends are over in your bedroom, you know, if you're a teenager and you throw on a record, it's amazing. It's a different, different experience. It actually takes you away from 
the harshness of the real world, I think maybe, you know, put away your phone, sit down, listen to a record and talk about it with your friends. You know, it's a, it's a different experience. The difference too is I think artists used to put like really um, specific songs on the first side and they would, yeah. they would keep that in consideration for when you actually did walk over and do the flip to the second yeah. side. It was like a whole different. Um, we would always do that as well. You know, work out a playlist of what, uh -huh. what song should come first, second, third or whatever, you know, and then try a few different ones. And then maybe finish off with something really soft or something really dark or, you know, that kind of way. The last song inside too should be, you know, it, it's the outro. It's goodbye, everybody, you know. Right. Did you ever think that um, that you would be sitting here years later and still be commenting on this same music? No, it's hard to believe it really is. I mean... Linger was our very first song that we ever wrote together. And still it's played a lot. I hear it in the radio a lot. It's crazy. It's hard to believe it. But um, just so humble and so, so proud of what we've done. It's amazing. And we're just very lucky. And we worked hard, but we're still very lucky. There's plenty of bands that work hard, but just don't get the break. Right. I remember hearing that song. Um, I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And of course, this was when the Walkman was popular. Yeah. And if you were smart, you didn't have a car when you lived in D.C. You know, there was wonderful public transportation everywhere. So okay. I was riding a bus and and I had my Walkman on and that came over the the most popular rock station in DC mm -hmm. can't remember the call letters and, and it was linger. And I said, who is this band? And of course I had to go <laughs> and do research because I thought that's not Sinead O'Connor. That's somebody else, you know, yeah, yeah. but someone with that same lilting voice. And, yes. and I think they called it, they call it um, an old word called keening. Okay. Um, that might have something to do with um, wailing, like dirges, or yes. you know, the the dark side. And her her mm. element, the element of her her vocals was similar to that dirge. Yes. Yeah, like a melody. I think she, Dolores had, had had taken piano lessons from a young age, but uh, her piano teacher, I think, suggested, you know, why don't you try a and go to a vocal teacher and see, you know, they'll help you do breathing and this and that. And she went once and the vocal teacher was kind of saying, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. That's wrong. You know, that's technically not right. So she kind of said, hold on a second. I, I, I can try anything I want with my voice. If it's technically not right, fine. But this is the way I express myself. And, you know, if someone tells wow. me it's wrong, then, then they're going to kill my expression. So she kind of never went back after that and said, no, no, I'll do it my own way. And, you know, I think that's why she's so unique. because She's not trained, a trained mm -hmm. singer. And then she um, was also into the Gregorian chant, which I oh, found yeah. fascinating because I was always raised. I was also raised Catholic. So I remember the music in Latin, actually. <laughs> back Gorgeous. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Material. Yeah. So what is the difference between this album that's going to be released tomorrow, Stars, and the album that you put out before, which was Remembering Dolores? 
Yeah, remembering Dolores was um, a, a special thing. We, we, we did a playlist basically for her birthday, what would have been her 50th birthday. Um, we all chose three songs each. The, the three guys in the band chose three songs each. Stephen Street, our producer, chose some songs. Her ma, her mother, and some of her family members and her kids chose songs. And we Aww. made a playlist out of all these songs, as in, you know, the songs that remind us of Dolores. And we just thought it was a really sweet to do, thing to do for her birthday. Um, and then, again, there was a huge reaction online to it. And fans were saying, where can, where can I buy a, a copy of it? And we, we said, well, it's only, you know, a, a playlist for download. And then we kept getting messages. Can you please release it on vinyl? And, you know, so that we did that as well for that. Now, when you play music now, do you prefer to do the analog or the digital or do a combination of all that? It's a that? combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. I have a computer to record onto, but I mostly use analog equipment. Like uh, even my my keyboards are, are old analog keyboards, vintage keyboards and a couple of modern ones, but, but some vintage ones and then guitars and real piano. Um real drums, sometimes program stuff, but you know, it's a, it's a mix, a mix of both. But so we were talking, we were talking about little, a little bit about low tech and no tech and record players. So <laughs> I'm seeing, and, you know, talking to other musicians, you know, that are going back to the analog because they just feel that it has a purer sound. Yes. Um, so um, all of that, garbage they told us about cds wasn't necessarily true because i remember when the cds came on the market and i think it was early 80s yeah um, and i was overseas at the time and um it was like a big thing to buy cds oh it won't break it mm. won't scratch you know this is what they were saying yeah and yeah, of yeah. Course, we know that's not true so <laughs> you know so Tell us a little bit about your music, because you've got some stuff going on, too, as far as uh, independently released music. I um, it, the album that I'm that I listened a bit to this morning was All Hope Is Never Lost on Bandcamp. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I have been do doing music for documentaries and short films and, and that kind of thing. And it's something I've, I've wanted to do for, for years, but never had the time because we were on tour or, or always working with the band. Um, so I had some time and I started doing little bits and pieces and I really enjoy it because I have a small studio beside my house. So it's perfect because I don't have to travel. And I started making like a show reel to, to send to directors and producers. And then after a few maybe two or three tracks, I, I kind of said, you know, this could be an album. I'll, tr you know, I, I'll think about it in that frame of mind and then decided to make an instrumental album from it. It's, it's kind of, um, what would you call it? Um, alternative kind of soundtracky kind of sound. Um, it's hard to explain it. Yeah, it's, um, it's all from emotion. There's no vocals or anything on it. It's just all moods, you know, different types of moods that rise and fall and I don't know I, don't, I like it anyway it kind of reminded me the little bit that I heard of some of the experimental stuff that Chris Squire from the band yes was doing okay and 
Yeah, and I find it very interesting that you guys, I think you have the same birthday or similar birthdays. Right. So I thought, wow, that's kind of like mm. really um, serendipitous because <laughs> it was it was like, wow, he had it's almost like he had the same stuff in his head. He was he had wow. a lot of stuff that didn't ever reach mainstream, you know, that he yeah. was doing his own. So um, quite an accomplished musician. I got to see Yes three times. Oh, which I back remember that in the back, old yeah. Day. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, tell us some of your influences in Ireland right now as far as musicians. And do you mentor anybody? No, I, I spent a few years when I first started working in the studio here. I, I got a lot of younger bands in and recorded albums with them and kind of taught myself to engineer. And that was fantastic experience, but really long hours and mm -hmm. no pay, you know, and I had a young family at the time. So after a couple of years of that, I kind of said, look, this is like being on tour because I never see the, the kids. I'm in the studio all the time. And, you know, I, I kind of did it for like two or three years and said, look, that's enough. I can't I can't can't spend all that time away, you know. Um, but it was a great experience. I learned so much from it. Um, there's a lot of young bands coming out again, which is great in, in Ireland because there was a, a lull for a while where there was no one, almost no bands had a chance to play anywhere. And now there's a, a, a resurgence of kids buying guitars and it's, it's fantastic to see it. Even my own daughter has started playing. She started playing drums and piano. And she started a band in school. So it's fantastic to see that happening again. It's like, great, finally, finally rock music is coming back a bit. Do you think COVID affected a lot? And how is that still restricting things over there? It's not anymore, thank God. Everything is starting to open up. Um, I, I'm going to see The National, you know, the band The National. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're playing in Limerick next week. So I'm going to see them. Oh. They're very, very good. Still yeah, there? Yeah, they're great. Sorry. I, just lost yeah. your, I lost your um, video. There you go. There oh, you go. There you go. Someone was calling me. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. I saw them before, but it was an outdoor venue. It was really windy, so it was hard to hear. Right. Um, but, uh, and the Chili Peppers then are playing at the end of, oh. the end of June. I've seen them a lot of times. I love them. Great band. They're awesome. Are your kids yeah. following in your footsteps? Yeah, my eldest son is 22. He's going to come up with us. Wow, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. So what is next? Is there going to be anything else for the Cranberries, maybe yeah. old, older music that hasn't come out of the can yet? Or um, there's or um, you as an independent musician? To the Faithful Departed is 25 years old. And uh, we've been working in a box set for that which is coming out at the end of this year. And we found loads of old demos and live stuff to put on it. So it's some nice treats for fans and that. It's great. Wow. Great when you find all stuff like that that has never been released before. It's fantastic. And it's just, it's nice to listen back to, to stuff like that because it's like going through old photographs and all those memories come back. It's lovely, you know? Right. And how is your writing process and how is the writing process 
with the band. Did you record little snippets and then put them all together? Or did everybody kind of just throw something in the middle and see what came out or? Yeah, what would usually happen is, is Dolores would come in with chords or Noel would come in with chords and start playing them in rehearsal room. Everyone would listen for a few minutes, kind of get the mood and then start adding bits. You know, it was it was mm. a, a telepathic thing. It was a, it was kind of the favorite thing. One of the favorite things I, I like to do in the band, you know, was that that whole process of, of someone coming in with a few chords and suddenly an hour later we're playing part of a song you know and it's starting to develop and develop and then the next day you come in again and you try it again and you send it in another direction you know w- without anyone saying maybe try this or try that we never needed to it, it was we were just so lucky because we clicked so well you know you'd feel okay it should speed up here or it should get heavier here or it should quieten down here you know you just know it, we were just we really clicked with each other and we kind of just felt how a song should progress and you know it's always an amazing experience to, to kind of start off with you know three or four chords and then suddenly you start to have a song so my very last question where do you see yourself and well it's kind of a two-parter where do you see <laughs> yourself in five years and is retirement looming have you played oh, no are you going to be in the rocking chair or are you going to be rocking basically is the question yeah i'm going to be rocking <laughs> Definitely, yeah, not in the rocking chair. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, making music and doing a, a few movies here and there, you know, soundtracks for movies. I love that. It's fantastic and it keeps me busy. And, you know, I don't think I'll ever retire. I just I, music is such a big part of my life. I, and I, lo- I love this whole new chapter of, you know, making music from scratch and working with directors and you know, it's it, it's it's different. It's a completely different thing to be in a band, and I really enjoy it. And I like the fact that you don't have to travel. Um, I'm a bit long in the tooth for touring now. I'm 50, right. so you know, I right. don't want to be like the Rolling Stones. Fair juice, then it's great. <laughs> right. You know, they're fantastic to be able to do it, but I I can't picture myself at 79 up on a stage. I just saw them in Tampa, actually, on a, a couple of days before Halloween. So last Halloween Brilliant. and I, I was I was blown away by yeah. how they could even do that and how incredible just keeps running up and down that long ramp, you know, and I'm going how Super does he do <laughs> unbelievable it really is. I tip my hat to them. He has to be the most <laughs> fit person in rock and roll at that yeah. age. He has yeah, to be definitely. You know. definitely. So it was wonderful chatting with you. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, um, Anita. We're going to be posting this and we're excited about, you know, the, the vinyl coming out. We're going to make sure we, you know, post this up on our website at rocketnight.com. Right. And people can find you. Are you on the socials where? Um, Fergal Lawler Music and then the Cranberries, you know, you just Google it and you, you'll find it. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Anita. It was lovely. All Bye. right. You Bye. Bye. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.